Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now let's join the service already in progress. So Luke chapter 23, verse uh, 43 says this, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. I'm going to talk to you today, part six in our Jesus First, Jesus Always series. The message is called Paradise. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you today that you know right now what every person in this room is going through. You know right now what kept people up in this room last night worrying about last night in the middle of the night. I thank you, God, that you know what people are excited about in this room. I thank you, God, that you know what things that we're trying to hide in this room. I thank you, Lord, that you know the things that we're dreaming of in this room. You know our deepest desires. I thank you that you know all things. And whether those things be good or bad, encouraging or discouraging by human standards, I think you love us through all of them. And you have given us a path carved out in red blood through the person of Jesus to salvation, hope, life, and righteousness. I pray in Jesus' name today that we would follow that path into the perfect will for our life that you have for us and that you would give us strength today through your word, that we'll put our hope in heaven, that we'll ultimately put our hope in Jesus through everything we go through and we would leave empowered to touch this world for you. Help me to deliver this in a way that honors your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Wow, we're halfway done with this series. I've had a great time uh, teaching it uh, to you. Part six called Paradise, is kind of moving out of the Jesus first part of the message into the Jesus always type of idea. The Jesus first part has had a lot to do with Jesus preceding us, coming before us in eternity, being the Logos, the one who created all things, the fact that Jesus is God. Jesus first had a lot to do with making sure that he's first before possessions in our life, first before responsibilities in our life, uh, first before relationships in our life, making sure that when he asks us that question that he asks his disciples, who do you say I am? That it's more than just, oh, Jesus is first in my life. It's making him first in our life. He's more than a motto. He's more than a bracelet that you can wear on your arm that says J1JA or, or you know, WWJD or uh, something that you put on a jacket or a bumper sticker. He's much more than that. That, that serving Jesus really means a life where he precedes everything you are, comes after you everything you are, and is in everything you are. Now we get into the message of Jesus always. Jesus always is kind of predicated to start with uh, in, in chapter 6 of my book on this idea that we find in Luke chapter 23 verse 43 where Jesus is dying on the cross and his, in between these two criminals, one of the criminals looks at Jesus and says, hey, if you're really who everyone says you are, why don't you get yourself down from this cross and why don't you save us too if you really have all that power? And the guy on the other side looks at the first guy and he says, hey, leave him alone. He's like, me and you deserve to be here. We're, we've done bad things. This guy has done nothing wrong. And he looks at Jesus in his most desperate moment and he says, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? So his life is <laughs> draining by the second. He's about to die 
Obviously, the most tragic moment of his entire life. Maybe you're here today. You're in a tragic moment of your life. Maybe you feel like you're losing out on everything or things are falling apart. I wrote this book about a friend of mine who had cancer. Maybe you're going through a, a terrible situation like that with a family member or a friend. Or you see your marriage falling apart or something that you can't save or put back together. That's what's so beautiful about Jesus is he gives us hope in the middle of our most hopeless situations. And Jesus looks at this guy who says, hey, will you just remember me when you come into your kingdom? He's going, look, I, I figured out I can't save myself. I can't help myself. I need some help. Can you do that? And Jesus says, hey, man. He says, this day you will be with me in paradise. So this statement that he makes to this guy, I believe there's a lot of hope in here. I believe there's a lot of power in here. This day you will be with me in paradise. So recapping everything, Jesus is the alpha and he's also what? He's the beginning and he's the, he's the first and he's the... He's the A, and he's the, and he's everything in between. You guys have been listening. I'm really impressed with you. <laughs> Give yourselves a hand. That's really big right there. A strong, a strong. I'm starting to feel like you might could preach this to me. This is making me nervous here. Good stuff. So he's all these things. Now he's telling this guy, I'm everything, and you're going to be with me in paradise. So what is paradise? Where is paradise? What does it look like? What did this guy have to look forward to? Where did this guy wake up? When he died, he closed his eyes. If you, you know, we have friends that, that pass away and they die. Where do they wake up? When they open their eyes, what does it look like? What is the feeling? What are they experiencing? I taught on heaven and hell about seven or eight years ago. I did this whole series uh, about what, what our life looks like afterwards, whether we're a Christian or we're not a Christian. And uh, in that series, we did something interesting. We took cameras out downtown Orlando to all the hottest clubs uh, when people were coming out of the clubs at like 1 o'clock in the morning. And we interviewed them on what, heaven, what they think heaven is like. Uh, what do you think heaven is like? We got some really... <laughs> some of them we couldn't broadcast, but we, we put some of, the, uh, some of the answers that were on there. I remember this one guy that we did put on there. It's like, yeah, dude, heaven, man. I was like, it's going to be so cool. It's going to be like these, like, little naked babies, like, on clouds and stuff, like, playing harps and very peaceful, very peaceful music that they're playing. It's going to be a very cool vibe. I like that place, heaven, yeah. <laughs> and then one lady was on there. She's like, chocolate. It's chocolate. It's just chocolate everywhere. I don't care. But to her, like, heaven is like Willy Wonka. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, the, the chocolate fountain, like, like, what is it, like a waterfall or something? Like, she just... She's just feeling that completely. So, like, when we think about paradise, I think sometimes, I mean, it's natural for any of us to think that paradise is just this, like, hedonistic, amazing place. It's sort of like, like a Disney cruise ship or something. Like, you can just walk up and order a hamburger anytime you want or, like, endless, you know, fountain drinks or, you know, you just, you, you can, you're just, like, you snap your fingers and you're somewhere. Like, we think of all these things that just make life so easy for us. And I think in some way, when we think about paradise and what heaven looks like, uh, it, it's sort of a, it's not just a selfish way of viewing what heaven actually is, but I think it's a lesser way of viewing what heaven is truly, truly going to be someday. And I think that as we begin to uncover what the Bible has to say about eternity and what it really looks like, it, it can encourage us that we have something even greater to look forward to than like Hawaii, because I think when... 
you write paradise on, on Instagram, if you put hashtag paradise, I've done it before. I did it when I was writing my book to see what comes up. It's just endless pictures of Hawaii or beachfront or something tropical. That, that's what paradise, come, that's what we think of when we think of paradise. But the Bible actually teaches us that, that there's a lot more to look forward to than just uh, endless beaches. The Bible teaches us uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 through 15, that we need to know uh, the way heaven works because we have something to do with the positioning and we don't have anything to do with getting into heaven. That is 100% about Jesus. But we do have something to do with what our eternity looks like in heaven, what we're going to be doing in heaven, what we're going to be entrusted with in heaven. See, the foundational part of it is Jesus. That's what we all have in common. We say that a lot here, that no matter who we are, what we look like, what skin color we are, our socioeconomic level, our level of success, that stuff doesn't matter when we're in this building because the, the thing that unites us, that we're unified by, is the person of Jesus. We know that already. We know that that's the thing that gets us into heaven, but all of us are not going to have the same position in heaven. We're not all going to be given the same level of responsibility in heaven. Because of the principle, paradise is not going to be the same in terms of our duties because of this idea we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9-15. through 15. And I want to share this with you because I don't want you to be ignorant of this idea because you have some responsibility in the way that you live your day-to-day -day life. It says this, Paul's talking. He says, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. So you are a building. That is the analogy here. You are an actual building. She's a brick. And I didn't just do that in church. Forget that. But it means you're an actual house. You're a building in a holy way. Amen. You're, you're a building. It says we're God's fellow workers. You're God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, Paul is saying as an apostle, as a pastor, as a leader, he says, I, I laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it, but each one of you should be careful how he builds. So put your hand on your heart and say, I'm a building. Okay, so you are a building. Your life is a building. And he's saying, be careful how you build your building. Be careful how you build your house. He says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So he's saying that, the, who, who remembers your life before you got saved? Raise your hand if you remember your life before you gave your heart to Jesus. The old life you lived. Hey, it's gone. Aren't you glad that it's gone? That life got bulldozed. It got torn down. The old foundation was ripped up. And a brand new foundation. He said, no one can lay a different foundation than the one that is now laid, which is Jesus. Jesus is the foundation of your now. He is the foundation of your future. Your life is built on the solid bedrock that is Jesus. The foolish man built his house on on the what? On the sand. But the wise man built his house on the what? On the rock. Your old life was built on sand. Any storm that hits you had the potential to destroy you. Now it doesn't matter what comes your way. It doesn't matter what problems you face. Your life is built on the rock that is Jesus, and your life will endure because your foundation is strong. But what Paul is saying is now that you've got the proper foundation, the perfect foundation, be very deliberate with how you choose to build. You say, well, how do I build my life? 
literally with everything you do. Every single decision you make is building on to your house. You choose the materials. Look at someone next to you and say, what materials do you choose? Big question. It's a big question. It's up to you. It's up to you. When you pull out on the turnpike and there's a wreck and traffic is backed up five miles, do you bang on your steering wheel and say, bleep? <laughs> That's your choice. It doesn't mean that the foundation that is Jesus is ripped up and you're going to hell. What it means is you just chose the material that you're building your house on. And I got news for you, it's an eternal material. You can't go unbuild it. You have already built it. It's something that represents your life. Listen how he goes on to describe it. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, or costly stones, he's saying you have the ability to build a diamond house. Can you imagine a diamond house? You have the ability to build a gold house to build a platinum house, to build your house with precious stones eternally. You're building on the foundation that is Jesus. Or he's saying you can build your house with wood, hay, or, or straw. You're like, well, I like wood houses. I prefer to build with wood houses. Well, it says that if you build with wood, that house is going to be tried it says his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he built survives, he will receive his reward. So here's the question. If you were going to build a house and it was going to be tried with fire, would you want to build a wooden house? No. Would you want to build a hay house? No. You should have said no to that question. Nobody wants a hay house, especially in fire. Would you build a stubble house? I don't even know what stubble is. What is that? It's like, I don't know. Do you like shave and like you put it all up there? I don't even know what that is. It's gross. What is that? I'm not enough of a theologian to understand what stubble is. All I know is I don't want my house made out of it because I've got the choice and it is all predicated on the way we choose to live our lives. Do you want Jesus in every decision you make? Yes or no, do you want Jesus in every decision you make? When people say things to you that are rude, look at ne someone next to you say, that happened this week. <laughs> when people lie about you, when people are unkind toward you, when people take advantage of you, when you are impatient, when you get frustrated, when you have the option to talk about someone and to gossip about someone and to tear another person down, whether you choose to live that life or not, it, it is all you reaching over and determining what materials you're building your own house with, which will be tried by fire. When you choose to gossip, you're not losing the foundation, which is Jesus. You get to go to heaven. All that's happening is now all the days that you've built your life around are built on materials that will evaporate before your very eyes someday. 
as opposed to when you, ch- when you heard people talking about someone and you said, listen, I, you know, I love you guys, but I don't really want any part of that. I don't do that. That's not, that's not who I am. Well, what do you mean you don't do that? Are you like them? I don't know what I'm like or I'm not like. All I know is I don't talk about people, so excuse me. I'm gone from the conversation. I don't talk about people like that. Now, that's not very popular. That's not very popular. They say, oh, well, look, Miss Christian over there. Look, she thinks she's something. She thinks she all that. Just leave. Just get out of it because you know what you just did? They're building their little life on, on the wood hay stubble, and that's going to blow up someday. But you just walked away. You said, I'm going to build a living room out of gold today. I'm going to build this living room out of gold today. And someday when my life is tried by fire, that gold is going to get melted down, and it's going to get put in my crown. Oh, that rhymes. I like that. They're going to get melted down and going to get put in my crown. Oh, I feel like MGK up in here. Let me get that big on. Put it down. Put in my crown. I have no idea where that came from. I don't know nothing about no Eminem, MGK beef. I'll just tell you that right now. I'm too old. 46. Although Rap Devil was better. That's my opinion about whatever. Whatever. So if what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. He will receive his reward. 2 Corinthians 5.10 tells us we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Please listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due to him for all things done while in the body, whether they be good or bad. I'm not trying to scare anyone. I think that you guys know that I'm a pastor that talks about hope a lot. I talk about the love of Jesus a lot. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll never give up on us. I believe that with my whole heart, but please look at me and listen very closely. Everyone in this room will be judged. Every person, there are people in this room that do not know Jesus. I don't want to say this, but statistically, there are people in this room who will never accept Jesus and who will reject Jesus eternally. So everyone in this room will be judged, either at the judgment that Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians 5.10, which is called the judgment seat of Christ, which is a judgment for believers, for works. So it's what we have done, whether good or bad. This is the judgment where our life's works will be judged, and we will end up with precious stones, gold, silver, or we will watch all of that evaporate, or a different judgment called the great white throne judgment, which is a judgment for sin, where people will be punished and sentenced to eternal damnation, separate from God, two separate judgments. I believe you in this room are going to be at the Bema judgment or the judgment seat of Christ where you will be judged for your works. you got the foundation that is Jesus. You're going to go to heaven, but you will simply receive what is due to you for the way you've chosen to build your house. There's no way around this. There's nothing you can do. There is no promotion you can get that can get you exempt from this. There is no amount of money you can get. There is no status you can get, you can't get verified on Twitter or Instagram and a blue check by your name and suddenly be exempt from the, ju- there's nothing you can do. Nobody can get out of this. This is in the Bible. We all do this. And the only way to change that status eternally is to choose to live your life in a way that honors God. See, that's why I understand a lot of pastors and preachers that, that teach out of fear. It, It it doesn't work. I'll tell you, it doesn't work. I grew up in an organization that said you're not allowed to watch movies. You're not allowed to 
you know, be at a swimming pool if there's guys and girls there because you'll, you'll lust. You're not allowed to wear makeup. You're not allowed. And what happens is I, I get that. What they're trying to do is they're so afraid if they preach grace and freedom that everyone will go out and do the wrong thing that they try to just limit people. I won't do that because it doesn't work. I believe that we have to have freedom in Jesus. We have to be free to live the life that God has called us to live. But sometimes when all we do is think about our freedom, we end up wasting a lot of our lives. And instead of getting Jesus in the details of our lives, which empowers us to live a life of hope and purpose in everything we do, we just sort of waste our lives. And like, like for instance, if all you can think of in your life is to get through your day without cussing someone out, and just to get home and binge watch season two of Ozark or something like that, the Ozarks, uh, if that's all you can come up with it, that life is about, then you're probably wood, hay, stubble. You're probably wasting your days. And look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with watching Netflix. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with playing golf or going to the movies or just going out with your friends. If, if you're doing those things as a way to honor the Lord and you're living a life of purpose intentionally, you're living with peace and kindness and love and the hope of Jesus in the middle, those can be as meaningful as anything else in life. But when you just mindlessly live your life with no purpose whatsoever, you're building your life on wood, hay, stubble. And when it all gets melted down, you say, by what? By the fire of the holiness of God. Someday when he tries our works, it will be by his holiness, the fire of his holiness. It will be our works against his holiness. And if we've done anything good, it's only because of him anyways. And it all gets melted down. And I love this so much where it says that the, the, the 24 elders, Revelation 4.10, fall down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that lived forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before him. So that means the 24 most important or significant godly men and women that have ever lived in heaven, when John has a revelation of heaven in the future, he sees the throne room, and the 24 most worthy men and women that have ever lived in terms of the lives they've lived for God, they take their crowns and they throw them at the feet of Jesus. So this, this, this life that we live, can you imagine if, you're coming before Jesus and you want to honor him with something. And you've lived this life of wood, hay, stubble. And when you got your little crown, it's just this little freaky looking thing. It's like, it's like you had this little thing. It's like, oh, take that. I mean, who wants to give Jesus a real crown? I want to throw a real crown at Jesus. I want to throw something that, that like hurts when it hits his feet. Like, it's, it's like, God, I did this for you. Like, I lived this life for you. Every good thing I did was because of you. I want to give you, and I love the fact that this crown is not just for them to walk around going, look at that crown. You know, that's a dope hat right there. You know, say it, say it. It's dope. That's not the purpose of having that. The purpose is to honor Jesus with it. And can I just encourage you real quick? <clears throat> I think sometimes we view the kingdom and we view heaven as this place that is just for all these amazing men and women of God that have got things figured out. I believe when we get to heaven, first of all, when Jesus says, blessed are the poor, I believe Christianity is, it's a religion that is for the poor. Okay, it is either for the poor naturally, or it's for the poor in spirit. I believe it's a, it's a faith that is very difficult for rich people to get, and here's the reason. When you have money, 
and you have power and you have influence, it is so tempting to try to use all that stuff to bail yourself out of your own problems. But when you have nothing but Jesus, you rely on Jesus and only Jesus. That's why Jesus said that you can get into heaven if you're rich. You can get in, but it's hard. Be careful when all you ever look for in life are ways to become more successful on this planet. If you're not poor in spirit, you might miss out on the kingdom of heaven. You might get everything the world that has to offer, but you'll miss out on the kingdom of heaven. And see, that's why when we get up to heaven, there are going to be different levels of leadership in heaven. Did you know that? There are going to be rulers over cities. There are going to be rulers over kingdoms in heaven. Jesus says that we will rule and reign with him. Everyone will be given a different realm of responsibility. And if there are leaders, that, that means there's delegated authority in heaven. How do you get those positions in heaven? It's certainly not that just because I'm a pastor of a church, that that means I'm going to be leading in heaven. I've, I've got news for you. I'm going to probably be serving under a lot of little praying grandmothers that are going to be over me in heaven who have been on their knees when no one was looking. I mean, they came home at the end of every day saying, in the name of Jesus, my family will serve the Lord. In the name of Jesus, my family will live and not die. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I might have been out just doing my thing while she is doing her thing. See, I have a feeling we're going to be real shocked when we get to heaven and we see who the leaders are in heaven someday. I have a feeling we're going to say, man, look at that new city over there. I never heard of that. That's one of the most big, beautiful cities I've ever seen. Who is the person that's over that city? And they say, that's Gertrude. You say, who is Gertrude? She's just a grandma from Arkansas who came home every day when people was out partying. She read her Bible and she prayed. She believed God for her family. And she's, see, it is all different in the kingdom of heaven. It's what you choose to build your life with. You have the ability. You, you can't control what is in your bank account right now. But you can choose how you build your eternal bank account. That's why the Bible says don't lay up for yourself treasures that are here on this earth where it can corrupt. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Why? Because wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you're building equity in heaven, then your heart is going to be toward heaven. So I know this is a, you know, this is not the kind of message that we, you know, want to kick our leg out and shout hallelujah. Why? Because we know when we walk out that door, it's on us. Look at someone next to you, say, it's on me. Look at the person on the other side, say, yep, that means it's on you too. Come on. I love this, Revelation 22, 12. Now I'm, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to start getting into my point here because there, there's a little hidden secret here that, that I'm, about to, I'm about to tell you what it is. Revelation 22:12, Jesus says, Behold, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am coming soon, and my reward is what? What are the next two words? My reward is what? Say it again. My reward is what? My reward is with me. What did Jesus say to the thief on the cross? Today you will be with me in paradise. See, I think we put the emphasis on the wrong part of that verse. We say today you will be with me in paradise. I think what we need to say is today, you will be with me. You will be with me.
See, from everything we've learned about Jesus in this series about who he is, how he loves us, have we not yet learned that being with Jesus is paradise? That's the whole point of all of this, is you can live in paradise today. You can go out and get in paradise in your car that ain't got no air conditioning in it with your windows rolled down and, and, and you're driving around all the time saying, my God, when am I ever going to get a new car? Well, instead of despising your situation, if you choose to go roll down that window and say, hey, I don't care about this car. I don't care about this AC. God's going to take care of me, but I got Jesus in this car with me, so today I'm driving around in paradise. I'm driving around in paradise today. Somebody say, I'm in paradise right now. Say it. Say, I'm in paradise right now. Look at the person next to you say, I live in paradise. Look at the person on the other side say, I live in paradise. Are you feeling that today? Are you feeling what he said? Today you will be with me. 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 That's what he was trying to tell that man who was about to die. Today you will be with me. It don't matter if there's palm trees all over the place up there or if you can fly and snap your fingers. Just don't worry about that. You're going to be okay when you get to heaven because the point is today you will be with me. Being with Jesus is paradise. Genesis 15:1. It says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a, in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. Jesus said, I am your shield, your very great reward. He didn't say, I am bringing you a reward. What did he say? I am your great reward. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Paul said, the author and finisher of the faith. He said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, straining forward for those three things which are ahead, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. He's saying, I keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm running toward Jesus, not because he's going to give me a prize, because he is my prize. When I get in those arms someday, then he says, my boy, whoo, you're here. You're here with me, my boy. I finally, I finally get to show you what all this is all about. I love you. I'm proud of you. I just want to be with you. You know, my son Jude scored his first touchdown the other night in a varsity football game. Hashtag Wes Welker. And I waited for him till he came home, you know, to tell him, that I was so proud of him because it was in Jacksonville. I, I, my heart was breaking because I didn't get to go to the game. Uh, and I was like having a conversation that day. Someone said, what, do, what if he scores a touchdown? I said, I don't want him to score a touchdown because uh, I won't be there. But I kind of want him to score a touchdown because I'm excited about it. But when, you know, the next morning he came in my studio and he walked in and uh, I got to talk to him a little bit. And I was like, dude, I'm so proud of you. I love you. I said, I'm working on some stuff for Sunday. And he said, Daddy, can I just sit in here with you for a few minutes? I said, sure, buddy. And I was sitting over on my couch, and I was working. And uh, he came over, he just put his head on my shoulder. And he just, just was chilling. He just was working. You know, he was with me. 
He was with me. See, being with Jesus is our paradise. And here's the exciting part for you and me. Is the thief on the cross, that was his encouragement that he was trying to give him. Is Don't worry, buddy. You're going to be with me. It's going to be paradise. But for you and I, we get to be with Jesus today. See, and if we stop hating every element of our life and stop always asking these ridiculous questions like, why me? How come never, things never work out for me? And we started realizing how wonderful our life can be when we recognize the beauty of who Jesus wants to be with us, that he just wants to be with us. We should just want to be with him. It puts meaning and purpose and value in every day. There are no meaningless days. There are no bad days. There are no, oh, I got to get through this next week so I can get to my vacation. I got news for you. Your vacation is going to be over with after it's over with. And then if you've only put value on that one week and not the week that leads up to it, you're going to end up living disappointed. Sometimes the thing before the thing is the exciting thing. Are you understanding me? If you put all the value in the thing, if you put all the value in the big wedding day and you forget all the months that are leading up to the wedding day, you're going to miss out on something that's really special. Because having Jesus... in those moments where you're waiting on the test results. That builds something in you when you don't know the answer. Yeah, we're going to celebrate when we get our test results back. and Oh, it's, a, it's negative and you don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, we're going to celebrate. Or if there... It, I'm sorry to tell you that it came out the wrong way. This is what you have. We're going to go to God in those moments too. But if we just wipe out every day of our lives and we miss out on the paradise that is being broken and wondering and not knowing and having faith and, and believing for the best but not knowing, if we miss out on paradise in those days, then we really miss out on most of our lives. Because most of our lives are just those other days. They're not the big days, it's the other days. Jesus wants to live in those days. That's what this message is about. It's about, it's about the fact that Jesus, being with Jesus is paradise. Nothing wrong with chocolate. Nothing wrong with naked babies playing harps. I've never seen one, but I've heard they're pretty, I guess in a painting I saw one one time. That's not in the Bible though. I don't know where the people get that. But it's way better. Somebody say, Jesus is better than a naked baby with a harp. Say it. Jesus is better. Being with Jesus is better than that. He's with you today. He's with you today. He wants to be your paradise today. Just let him be. Let him get in the middle of everything you're doing. Put down the wood, hay, stubble. Quit living life with no purpose. Yes, it is really important to take personal responsibility, to build our lives on the foundation that is Jesus. But ultimately, it's about being with him. It's about just being with him, putting purpose in everything you do. So this concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.